0: well hello there ladies and gentlemen of the north south east and west and welcome to impressions in motion <gasps> Woo! <laughs> i am one half of the beautiful host that you'll be listening to today i am curtis and um I'm joined by one of the best guys I'll ever know in this life or the next. Introduce yourself, cause, uh... yeah, Hello, I'm Chris. Thank you for <laughs> the introduction there. Oh, I am in a good groove right now because um, we, we are in a post-expo life right now. We've we got to <laughs> talk about some expo on this podcast. And oh, the hype leading up to the event was great but the fact that we're living in a post expo life always surprises me i mean we've been doing this for so long and yet
1: every time it comes and goes i'm just like wow that was a few days ago a week ago it's, it's mental yeah well for our international listeners or, or anybody not familiar with what the expo is we should probably give a little explanation we have done oh, yeah. an, ep- an episode on this before but Uh, When we say the Expo, we refer to the MCM Expo, which is sort of like, you know, a big fan event for uh, film, for comics, you know, for entertainment, anime, manga, uh, that sort of thing. It's essentially Comic-Con. That is what it's branded as now, but for us, when we started going, uh, it was the MCM Expo, uh, with MCM itself, meaning movies, comics, and media. So it's just a big, huge exhibition uh, place, really to have a lot of fun uh, it lasts from friday to sunday usually last week in uh, may and uh, in october we've been going for 10 years now would you believe
0: oh. my gosh the, the years have just sort of flown by i mean it felt you know pretty long i ain't gonna lie while you're just doing it but if you were to, if I was to go back and tell like the 18 year old version of myself that like yo man you're gonna be doing this again in like 10 years i would be like probably yeah but nah I probably would have left the country by now nope still here still expoing it up with my
1: boy you see that's the thing when we started going to the expo I think I would have been I think 17 years old yeah <laughs> that's that's crazy <laughs> Yeah, because... But the expo is... I mean, people of all ages go there. But that was one of the things I remember thinking about uh, during our early years. Uh, You know, when you go, mostly you see a lot of people on the younger kind of spectrum. Or or at least, you know, early 20s sort of age. And Mm. I do remember thinking, I wonder if I'll I'll still be going here, you know, when I'm like... Like, late 20s, you know, early 30s kind of thing. Um, But obviously, now we're both kind of late 20s and uh, we're still going. So it's worked out we still enjoy it it's a good time though there are certain elements of the expo
0: that have <laughs> changed over the years that have colored my experience somewhat
1: more on that later yeah all right so let's structure this um yes let's just chat about the expo perhaps maybe in individual days of friday the saturday the sunday what we enjoyed uh the most um maybe what kind of annoyed us and uh how the expo has changed over the years because i think um now the event is attended by around quarter of a million people i'm going to estimate um and we started going when the attendance was still tens of thousands rather than hundreds of thousands so as people who have been going for 10 years we've seen a lot of changes over the time at the expo and uh, i think it'll be interesting to kind of discuss those and just kind of ponder over how the event has changed but as we say it's still a great time obviously me and Curtis we don't live close to each other anymore Uh, (laughs) we live I think about 50 or so miles apart Uh, so we were traveling to uh, the event is in London at the Excel exhibition center around the Docklands area but yeah me and Curtis are traveling in um, individually and we met up at Canning Town which is where we stayed for the week end and uh, I think this is the f- one of the only two times we stayed that kind of far away from the actual exhibition center. But I think it was a nice little location. The hotel was nice. And uh, I do enjoy the walk-in. You know, it's a nice kind of um, atmospheric kind of, you know, fun thing to do. Because when the event is on, obviously you've got people in cosplay, you've got thousands of people all over the place doing this, that, and everything. And uh, it's just a wild time. Yeah. I. I-
0: I couldn't, uh, you know, elaborate on that any better, but I will attempt to add my two cents. Um, (laughs) Basically, the hotel location was really nice, like uh, Chris said, and just, I I enjoy a good stroll from place to place. Uh, It was just a nice walk down, very, you know, easy to get to. And uh, on the way down from the hotel, it was just cool to see the people, you know, the expo people. You could see them in the streets heading in the same direction. It's like... As soon as you get close to the building, when you get close to that Tesco, is like not too far from like uh, the two major hotels that are like right outside the XL Centre. It's like, yep, I'm in the right location. It feels good to be back. Um, and the interesting thing is, as with each year with the Expo, they sort of shift around the way in which people can get inside the building. And um, this time, you could get into the uh, Expo event from the outside, which is really weird. Um, if you had got your tickets already you know your wristbands then you could literally just walk through the gate where the security people are just show them your wristband and then just walk through however for those who hadn't got their tickets yet you had to walk around the outside then back in and then go through the back and then get your wristbands and your tickets scanned then, then you get inside but it was interesting how they were able to streamline the security um, and you know entry into the expo this time around it felt the easiest it's been for years in a lot of ways but I think that might just be because I'm not traveling in on the Friday in the morning when everybody else is rushing in to try and get into the event so I mean hats off to the uh, you know the expo you know organizers for at least trying to streamline the experience and make it a little easy to get inside so yeah once we were in there it was just a case of scanning the area seeing what was there what was nice what was not and you know
1: just having a general coast I think uh, when we first started going, it was very much we tried to do everything. You know, yeah. we, we made sure we saw everything at least twice. we went been to look at every stall. We had a look at all the panels that were going on. We tried to sit in areas and listen to talks. Uh, we just tried to do everything we could. Uh, these days, I think mostly uh, <laughs> we, we kind of uh, just kind of like mull around really and just take it all in. It's uh, strange how that's that's changed, but I think the, the one of the things for the expo for me is the early years. I guess it's, it's also partly nostalgia, but I just think the early years it it seemed more kind of a uh, like a fan event, and it was easier to do things because obviously there was there was less people, and I guess yeah. this is something we'll touch upon uh, a little later. But now it's become very very commercialized, and uh, <laughs> I remember when you met up uh, well when you saw your friend there um, last weekend and he described it what was it He said uh, it's pretty much a, a massive one massive shop and uh, yeah that's how it's kind of always been. but at the same time the early years when the numbers were low, uh, it was just a more kind of wholesome experience you know it was it was dealt with more tactfully. Um, these days I think, it's lost that sort of intimacy, I think, for me. In ways it's better, but in ways it's also worse. Uh, so I think, for me, my favorite expos are always gonna be the early expos. Um, and I think as we've continued to go over the years and we have seen you know, it become more commercialized and more huge, uh, I wouldn't really say I'm overwhelmed by it all now, but uh, I definitely find it harder to kind of, you know, get that sort of giddy kind of feeling But, uh, you know, I I always love going and since it only happens two times a year, it's always a a kind of a special event to be and, you know, a a special event and a place to be. So, uh, you know, I'd I'd like to keep going over the years, but I think for me, my favourite expo's were always the early ones. And it was just nice when the numbers weren't as big. Uh, There would just be a lot more opportunities to talk to people, you know, whether that be the industry people or the stall owners or fellow, you know, expo goers. And uh, I just remember there were some areas within the hall um, where you could actually just kind of you know pull up and just chill out for a while. You know maybe listen to a talk here and there. These days it's it's so busy on the Saturday. It's actually insane how much it's grown. I remember first <laughs> time uh, we went uh, May 2008 uh, on the Saturday, and uh, we were there when the doors opened and there was so much space i remember walking into the 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 event um all those years ago and uh yeah if if you try to do that on saturday now you're gonna get squished so yes it's (laughs) it's insane how how much it has grown over the years and i'm really pleased to see it but i do miss kind of you know the intimacy that it used to have
0: yeah pretty much um even beyond like you know is it last weekend It's just crazy now that whenever you go to the expo it's just a case of you step into the uh, you know the main hall or should I say main halls because now the expo is so big that it can't be contained by one hall you have to have like two massive halls that you have to like hop from just to see the entire thing and even within that like um, even within one of the halls it takes ages to get from point A to point B especially when there's a chunk of people around And after like a few hours, especially after you see like certain people, you know, dressed up or you notice certain people as you're walking around, everybody wants to sit down at certain points. So it doesn't matter where the seats are. If there's a table where you're meant to be eating, people will sit there regardless of whether they have food with them. If there's a talk, some people will just sit in just because they want to sit down. Uh, They're not interested in what the people are saying. They just want to sit down and chill. So, you know, seats are scarce, backs get painful, which means that the uh, massage people are definitely in business. And um, oh gosh, sometimes you're literally just walking through like, you know, the, the thickest of human traffic. But surprisingly enough, there are certain pockets of, um, you know, area that you can stand in where not many people are, are around. And you'll just be there, you know, sometimes uh, Chris gonna, uh, you know, was it, uh, say that he saw me doing this. I was st- putting out my arms. I'm like, you feel that? Look, I haven't been able to do this for a while. Like, you know, just stretch my arms out because normally I'm just condensed. Ooh. nah
1: man it's it's fun it's just um a little crazy yeah what's it people sometimes say that there used to be enough room to swing a cat around but now (laughs) now you can't even swing your arms around but yeah like you say it's uh definitely space is premium now so do you have any uh particularly memorable moments over the last weekend oh criminy um i think i just enjoyed mainly just uh
0: dressing up man cosplaying again Um, it's been a few years since the last time uh, essentially cosplaying as the same characters except in like different clothes in this case Uh, that was fun because people got to take pictures of us again that was fun Um, got to wear a suit so that was cool even though it was super hot the sun tried to cook me man I was sweating bad underneath that suit (laughs) Um, but no, that was cool just being able to move around Um, I also got some great art from my friend Lee Townsend yeah guys great he did me one of the coolest pieces of like um superhero fan art that I've ever gotten and I'm not being I'm not saying that just because he's my mate but uh for any of you guys that don't know there's this character called Moon Knight in the Marvel Comics who is literally one of the most uh Interesting and underrated character who has yet to have like a proper, you know, adaptation in like animation or live action. And I asked Mr. Townsend to do like some work for me. And um, as soon as I got, it, I'm like, this is the best thing I've gotten. It's so clean. It looks great. And I'm just like, oh, good time, <laughs> good time. Um, so yeah, I got that. Uh, I finally got back on. Um, mongolian chop squad uh literally one of my favorite anime of all time um i've been looking for that in region two for years literally it's like in my top five and i haven't had it so when i saw it the uh on the weekend i was like yes my life is complete and um there was also this really great talk with these uh comic book um i guess they're like i wouldn't i don't I wouldn't know if they're writers or like illustrators or both but they all there was this panel of people like four people that had worked in the industry and they all had like some really interesting information to give out and um because like uh, chris prompted me to go about and talk to one of them he gave me a lot of really inf- <laughs> um, really good information i was just like damn man i'm learning and it was literally just like not even a, one of those sort of talks that you know to you know go over and check out we just sort of sat there like, cause we, just because we wanted to chill for a second. It's like,
1: wow, unintentional, like, you know, that learning experience. I love it. That's one of the, um, the moments now it, it, where the expo just have these little fragments of, you know, how wonderful and easy it used to be to kind of go up and talk to people. Uh, that was at the kind of live stage area where they live stream like, various panels over the weekend. And um, as Kurt says, we just happened to, you know, put up there because we wanted to sit down for a bit. But it was an interesting panel there. They had a uh, four people. I think they worked uh, in comics, and one of them had written a, a novel recently. And uh, I, I think it was just really good because um, I think it was that was was that on the the Sunday or the the Saturday? I th- I'm trying to remember. I think I want to say it's on the Sunday. I felt like it was the last day of the week, well not last day of the week, last day of the weekend. Yeah, it was one of the the later panels. I think it might have been the second to last one to actually happen on on whatever day it was on. And yeah, um, yeah when I saw at, when it finished, uh, you know, the people were kind of hanging around so you could talk to them, which was an. I, sh- I said, Curtis, you should go. You should go chat to those guys. You know, get some advice. And uh, that used to be a thing at the expo because we'd we'd return to this kind of live stage throughout the weekend. And when the panels had finished, you know, the host would always say, if you want to chat to these guys, you have to go over to their, you know, kind of autograph section. And that can be a whole ordeal in itself. You know, you, you, some, most of the time you have to pay for an autograph, you have to pay to meet them, you have to queue up. Uh, I think back when the Expo began, in, you know, in the early years, it was a lot easier to go and attend these panels and then just afterwards go up and chat to these people. I remember when uh, Helen McCarthy... Uh, came i think 2009 or 10 i want to say but she's a really brilliant journalist she really advocates you know for the use of anime as a a sort of you know worthwhile kind of medium to be studied alongside you know film and in in courses like film studies and in in education and it was a really interesting talk and afterwards you should you could just go up chat to her you know have a really nice conversation with her and um that I haven't seen that too much at the Expo in recent years It's always when these panels are over the people kind of disappear to their kind of autograph sections there's not really much of a chance to really spend some time and chat with them so I I really like that you know you you could actually go and talk to them after this panel it probably helped that it was one of the the last ones in the day that probably their autograph um, uh, times had already finished or whatever but yeah it does have those fragments of you know greatness where you can go and actually find these people and chat to these people and have a really you know good moment so uh, although commercialism is undefeatable (laughs) sometimes we can break through yeah just
0: there's a lot of like uh just small pockets of uh beautiful moments that within the uh crazy bigger than larger than life nature of the expo happens there's just these small pockets of like you know just beauty that you can find that has existed since the time that we've been going to expo and it just makes it makes it all worth it you know it, it's, it's nice mm-hmm. and um i did end up like at least going to see one uh one of the stars there i went to go about and get a picture with uh rosario dawson uh who i said to chris is like you know of all the uh female actresses that exist in the universe like she's probably in my top 10 that i have like you know was it like to marry at like some point <laughs> if, if is, possible is she
1: not already married she is but like um, if there was a if
0: there was an opportunity for me i would jump hop skip like you know take the take the nearest flight you know swim across the ocean and die i would try <laughs> i would try to get next to her so wow um <laughs> i'm committed <laughs> but no in all seriousness though like uh she is one of my favorite actresses who i've seen in, like a good few films over the years and obviously she's uh, claire temple in the um several of the netflix tv series so uh, when i saw that she was going to be there i was like oh i need to go so um i got a picture with her she was so nice so kind um you know talked to a lot of people complimented people on their looks their hair like some of the stuff they were wearing and uh she hugged everybody she hugged me twice i felt so loved it was great um oh man but uh yeah that was good uh (laughs) But other than that, like just being able to walk around, experience the uh, expo was fun. Oh my gosh! And the food—I don't know what the name of that stall was that we was at, but Chris told me about this food with these uh, cool—I uh, don't know what they call it. Like you know, uh,
1: they're like uh, you know about the chicken. Yeah, the chicken skewers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's karage chicken, like fried chicken, uh, Japanese style. It's it's beautiful
0: oh gosh that was the most dangerous food i'd ever eaten if i had had more money on my person i would have eaten that like all the time i spent
1: almost 20 pounds on chicken skewers this oh, guy was corrupt i i only had them once before though but oh they are they are magnificent seriously <laughs> you know it's good when the advertisement just says what was it what was it delicious and succulent or something like that yeah that's that's what you and they really are they really are wonderful uh i really could do with some right now mate if there was one of those near my house mate i would have lost so much cash yeah uh, unless uh, every time we go to the expo now, that's going to be one of my most frequented areas, <laughs> the food is call it? Yeah, I know because the thing is,
0: with all the uh, years that they've had food in the expo, I never, you know, considered myself a person to go about and get any because I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to buy food in the expo, it's expensive. I might as well just get stuff one <laughs> before before I get into the uh, expo hall. But, mate, I gladly waste money on that. That was good, and the uh, the uh, chicken katsu curry that I had. Ooh. That was nice. I was enjoying that as well. Oh, man, and the amount of food that they were trying to sell you at half price. And I'm like, no, don't tempt me, please. I don't
1: have the willpower. Yeah, I had this idea uh, that if we went to the food uh, place just you know before the event was going to finish, that they would drop their price. And I thought I could get some chicken for really cheap. But they actually sold out of the chicken skewer. <laughs> so my plan didn't come to fruition. But yeah, you were able to get some good curry. But uh, oh, the thing is, nice. the food is definitely expensive. I mean, it's London. And, um, but at the same time, you're at this kind of event for the weekend. And, you know, it's one of those moments like when you're on holiday. You know, you, you go out for dinner in restaurants and stuff. You like to have a good time when you're on holiday. Uh, so it's one of those sorts of moments where money isn't necessarily something to be too careful about. You're, you're there to have a good time, so don't really worry about it too much. If you want some five-pound chicken, get some five-pound chicken. It really Damn tastes right. good, so yeah. But um, yeah, that, that was an interesting thing, because obviously we stay till when the expo closes, but oftentimes we've gone to the um, the masquerade at the end of the day, which used to run over. When the event finished, so we'd go to that, and then we'd get out when uh, the events had ended and everyone's left. So we haven't really been there very much when the event is actually kicking people out. I feel, and it was interesting to see all these stalls like drop their prices by so much. Uh, I saw what was it one of those lucky bag uh, stalls, which was near the food area. I think it started at like twenty pounds. But then on the last day, the last (laughs) 10 minutes on the Sunday, it dropped to like £5. I was like, damn, this is the time to buy stuff. But yeah, obviously (laughs) stuff uh, runs out throughout the day. You know, people sell out things. And if you actually want to get some limited edition stuff, you have to go on the Friday pretty much. But yeah, it's interesting how you can kind of, you know, plan your purchase around that. I thought that was cool. So much fun.
0: Just um, if I had more money to waste and I was feeling lucky, which I wasn't. I would have gladly jumped in and tried that, um, that lucky bag, but after like you know <laughs> trying my luck with the um, with the box, and I can't remember what they said that you could win in there. Was it a free T-shirt? Is yeah, that yeah. what they said? If yeah, you got like t-shirt. a pen, that, a pen that said that you're a winner on it. Yeah. I just got a free pen, but to be fair, I always like pens. I always need a pen, so it wasn't too bad. I mean, it's not like they you know you took out a piece of paper and that was just like oh you lose. You've got yeah you've got a nice little quote on it though and it's like a deadpool related pen i think and i was like this is cool i like this i like
1: pens so this is sweet not yeah, bad see, that's like a raffle i mean that only cost one pound i mean that, that's not bad but these lucky bags i think it kind of shows the value of them the fact that they start at 20 pounds and they can drop as low as five pounds i mean how much is the contents really worth i think if this was one of the earlier expos, I may have bought one, you know, when I was really into kind of, you know, anime and, you know, all this sorts of uh, comic related stuff. These days, I'm kind of more there to observe, you know, just to look around. I don't really buy too much stuff these days. So, um, although I was curious to get one of those lucky bags, at the same time, I'm not curious enough to actually get one.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. That's something that never used to be at the Expo in early years. Now you see all these like loot boxes in real life. Oh. And it's, it's kind of strange. Don't talk about them, please. But, yeah. So, I, I guess I should chat about some of my favourite moments. Obviously, it, it was good to, to cosplay again. Obviously, we don't really go insane to to the degree that some other attendees do. We pretty much just wore our suits and a mask. Uh, for anyone who's wondering, we cosplayed as a character called Friend or Tomodachi from a manga and a film trilogy from Japan called 20th Century Boys. And um, obviously, the masks themselves are kind of difficult to see through, so we couldn't really keep them on the whole time. But I think cosplaying at, at the expo is just... Uh, a very belonging sort of feeling. And uh, I really thought it was funny how when you had the mask on. Sometimes, guys you had that mask on. <laughs> oh, you were all powerful, man. Your identity was oh. hidden. You could do whatever you wanted.
0: <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you'd seen the sort of... Um, the corruption that that mask gave me, I felt like there was a, an extra level of power and it's hard to describe there's certain you know when you watch certain films where people like you know is it wear certain clothes or put on a mask or become a superhero and they just change in terms of their personality it just allows them to be their their, their best selves or their you know most elaborate and flamboyant just crazy selves that was me like after a while I just realized I was just powering up I was doing all sorts (laughs) of crazy stuff and honestly if it wasn't so close to the end of the day I probably just would have ran all over the place and made a more more of a spectacle of myself
1: that's the thing when your identity is kind of anonymous you do feel very you know uninhibited and you can do whatever you want Uh, but the expo has that kind of atmosphere where people you know they're just there to have fun I mean you don't have to feel about being judged or you know being looked at with their curious eyes or whatever People are always very kind and inviting there and I just wish there was more opportunities to do you know cosplay But the event is so busy now and obviously we were were dressing up on on the Saturday the busiest day And when your vision is already kind of impaired by the mask just kind of making your way around uh, That many people it's kind of dangerous really And, and it's very difficult so we couldn't actually keep the mask on that often But, uh, you know, the few times we did, you know, a few people took some pictures of us. I mean, I was approached by some guy. This also happened the the last time we cosplayed, uh, who asked where I got the mask from. And it felt good to say, yeah, I made it myself. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's um, what a lot of uh, cosplayers probably get, you know, because some of the costumes they make, I mean, ours is like 1 out of 10, and theirs is like 10 out of 10. Some people really do go next level. So, yeah, it's just really interesting to see all the effort and, you know, just the, the, the great costumes people make there. And it just felt good to be a part of that, even if only a very minor part. It just felt good to be a part nonetheless. And uh, on the, I think it was the Saturday as well where we went to... It was kind of later on in the day where we, you know, had a little visit to the bar. And uh, got, um, got a few pints. Well, we got a few, I say. We got one each. and uh you know it's just nice to kind of you know cruise around the expo with a bit of drink and uh that was just a very good moment because uh the expo was kind of quieting down a bit you know there was more space it was later on in the day and we were just you know having a good time relaxing walking around talking that's also when we arrived at the anime stall and you bought beck and uh yeah that was just that was just a good you know wholesome fun kind of moment for me and yeah, just, that was nice. Yeah, it was good. And uh, I also really enjoyed the fact that I could watch Snowpiercer with you, finally. <laughs> Obviously, I've been chatting about this movie for a long time. At the the hotel where we stayed, it had a TV with a USB slot, so I bought some films along. And one of them was uh, Bong Joon-ho's film with Chris Evans uh, called Snowpiercer. And uh, I'm a really big fan of Bong Joon-ho. I think he's, he's one of my favorite directors. And uh, I've been trying to get Curtis to see this film for a long time. I always thought you'd like it. And uh, for me, it was one of those films that was even better on a rewatch. So watching that, uh, you know, with a bit of drink, was, was good, it was a good time. Yeah, Snowpiercer was just, I'd heard so much about it for so many years, and it was just a case of
0: eventually, I'll get around to it eventually. And I had no clue about what the film was about, or oh, I think I'd heard some, like, uh, people give an overview about, you know, um, oh yeah, this place, this, fi- this film takes place in, like, you know, some sort of post-apocalyptic future, there's a train, and, like, something about, like, the world freezing over, that's, all, that's the general gist of all I knew, but seeing the film play out in the way in which it did, with the really great performances, the tone, atmosphere, and how the film progresses, and then when you learn certain details about certain characters and how everything sort of plays out i'm like good gravy the film just gives and gives and gives and by the time it was over i'm like wow i really would have enjoyed this film especially back in uh, university when i was really started to uh, jump into uh, my fascination with like you know just checking out different types of films and it's definitely like you know
1: probably one of my favorite viewing experiences for Oh, good while, so thank you. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. So obviously you've seen uh, Snowpiercer and Okja from Bong Joon-ho now. I'll have to introduce you to some of his his actual Korean language films. Because, uh, like you say, Snowpiercer is a film that just gives and gives and gives. I feel that's the same for the director. I think with Bong Joon-ho, it's really, really difficult to pick a favorite film of his. I think probably his most well-crafted films are memories of murder and mother but okay those are two of his uh, most popular korean films but i think for any fan of the director they're gonna have a tough time picking a favorite and i have seen threads on reddit and and wherever you know people asking what's your favorite bong Joon ho film and everybody's response is is different and a lot of the times they can't pick one film and uh i just think for a director to attain that level of consistency and that degree of brilliance in his films is just really quite masterful. And, uh, yeah, it was great to see again. Uh, Alongside Snowpiercer, we also watched uh, Good Time, uh, American Beauty, and Youth in Revolt. And I think, for me, Snowpiercer... I've seen all these films before. Curtis hadn't seen any of them, I don't think. No. But for me, uh, Good Time and Snowpiercer especially were even better uh, the second time and uh, youth in revolt and uh, american beauty were either near enough the same or maybe a little uh, less kind of enthralling on uh, second viewing but yeah i think um good time was was an interesting one as well because i first watched that i didn't really know anything about it and uh i think i watched it very late at night one day and i really loved it but this second time i just felt like i got a lot more out of it even though we started watching it one night and then we kind of paused it to sleep and then resumed it in the morning uh by the time it ended that ending the ending credits with the song and just you know the whole uh, sequence I, w- I won't go into spoilers but it's just I, I i just couldn't i couldn't stop watching i couldn't look away i was surprised by how much it, it gripped me even the second time around so yeah i really love that film and uh yes yeah, it, it was good it was, it was good just just to watch those movies with you
0: yeah man i mean like um i think was it a good time definitely had like you know was it it is hooks in me especially once um i was fully awake to be able to appreciate the whole thing especially towards like the uh final act of the film because um obviously you have an idea of like well in your head in some cases of how these films are going to transpire but by the time that film was going i was just like how is this going to end because there were so many random left turns and um you know I can't say that because that's a spoiler um, <laughs> but yeah uh, by the time the film was over especially to that song and the credits I'm like damn it definitely has like um, a long-lasting effect and um, I think besides Snowpierce I think American Beauty was the one that like you know stuck with me the most just because of the nature of the situation of the main character in that film and all the random stuff he's going through and I was like what kind of film am i watching right now how is this gonna you know uh how is this gonna progress but then after a while as the story went on and then you know you saw certain things happen i was like oh okay interesting and i was like oh yeah Yeah. and i could see like certain shades of uh kevin spacey's performance that would you know clearly be you know i guess his inspiration for frank underwood in like house of Cards*, because there was so many like little little elements of just the way he um he looks at the camera the way he uh, acts with his like you know body and stuff like that i'm like that's so frank underwood this is like frank underwood the younger years what's going on here
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think american beauty is one of those films we watch it the first time obviously it's if one of those films it has a reputation you know you hear about it here and there um, but going into it, you might not really have a, a good idea of what it's really about. Usually it's kind of described as a man, you know, undergoing kind of midlife crisis, which it pretty much is. And uh, yeah. I think on first viewing, it's, it's one of those films that definitely grips you and uh, just the kind of the trueness to it. You know, it's very powerful with its, you know, emotions, feelings, and it's just kind of relation to everyday life and how people I, I guess really do feel a lot of the time and you know they they want to come out of their shells more and just kind of stopped caring a bit more and I think the first time I watched that again like good time it always seems like I watch movies at like 5 a.m. in the morning that's just when I'm most active for some reason but I, I remember I watched it through the night and the Sun was rising by the time it finished and I just thought that is a, that is a damn brilliant film but uh, for me it's one of those films that on first viewing it's just a lot more magical and, you know, kind of engrossing than it is on second viewing but even on second viewing, you know, I can really see its merits and just how brilliant it is and uh, I really love it at one point I think it was in my top five, Um, if I were to extend that to perhaps a top 10 or 20 these days, it would definitely be in there, it's definitely one of my favourites so yeah, that was a good time as well, just like good time and and (laughs) Snowpiercer And uh, Youth in oh. Revolt was just—it's just one of those, you know, easy kind of viewing films to watch. By that time, I think we'd both had a bit to drink, and it was nicer just to kick back with a comedy. So yeah. Yeah, and I was happy I got to see that because that was a film that I'd been
0: looking for, um, looking, hoping to see for a while. Because I, like I said to Chris, went up before we watched it. I seen the trailer for that back in 2009, I think, um, and I was like, mate, this film looks like fun. I was still on that sort of. Um, I wouldn't say I ever fell off of Michael Cera, but I think that was around the time that I was really getting into him as a actor in, like, you know, comedy films, and it was, I was like, mate, look at him, he's playing the, like uh, this really different kind of version of himself. This looks like fun, um, but I just never got around to it, so it's been on my watch list for ages, but now i finally got to see it. And I'm like, the film had a lot more a um, lot more depth and a lot more going on with it than I expected, but it was definitely a lot of fun. It was, you know, just really interesting, and... Um, yeah just fun good stuff
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just a fun film and i think mostly with comedies you know the first time you see them is always the best but yeah. uh, even for me the second time it's just some some scenes especially i really look forward to seeing and uh, yeah it's just it's it's got some really funny moments in there so all in all a good weekend yes Despite
0: some uh, grievances, yeah.
1: well, let's move on to those those grievances. Is there anything that particularly vexed you over the weekend? Anything you were disappointed in? Didn't look forward to? You know, didn't like? Now, the thing is, one of the things I've always that's always bugged me about the um,
0: Expo over the last few years is something that they've sort of course corrected with this year, um, though it's not entirely sorted. The first thing is like um, getting information. Uh, they when it comes to like uh you know just getting general information about where you are where certain things are when certain things are going to happen you'd always have to find these random you know little podiums dotted about the expo which had certain information on it but sometimes not an entire like you know chunk of information sometimes you'd have like oh yeah this is where um it'd be there'd there be a floor plan that tell you okay this is where this that 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 and that is But then um, you'd also need like, okay, when is this event on? When is this on? And you just, you wouldn't know because it wasn't fully elaborated on or you'd have to go to another podium to go look for one. But luckily this year, they also had, they were giving out bloody programs for the first time in ages. I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay, so you couldn't give them to me on the inside, but you
1: have like a random spot outside in between the two halls that you give them out. I was still happy to have one. Um, that's the thing. I think probably... Sorry just to say, cut in. I think probably it's always been there, but it's, it's just not obvious. I think what they should do is have, you know, kind of a table of them when you first go in to get your tickets or your wristband or whatever. And then, um, you know, kind of just leave them there for people to take if they want. And uh, that would yeah. be best. So, yeah, it is a curious place to put it. So, I do agree with you. And
0: um, I guess the only other thing that's really, like... Uh got my um, got me thinking at the moment it's just um, the way they handle like uh, people coming in and out of the uh, expo in terms of going outside and um, the barriers that they set up the barriers that they have now definitely make the event feel a little bit more restrictive beforehand you could travel in and out of the expo as you so pleased which obviously meant that you know security had to be a little bit I guess um, what's the word I'm looking for diligent when it came to like spotting people that had wristbands and who were actually there for the expo and those that were just you know cruising through the area um the barriers definitely help like you know keep whoever's supposed to be in in and those who aren't supposed to be in out but there's this one area towards the back where everybody sort of hangs around in the sort of um expo outside area where there's a whole lot of stairs like this big old green area where most people go outside and take pictures or just chill and watch the billboard Of all these trailers and stuff uh, there's this barrier that they have which leads you to the outside but they also use the same barrier for people to come back in so you have a bunch of people trying to get in and out of the same space and I'm just like why not just open the bloody barriers up on two sides to have like a flowing system of people coming in and out to save you know was it all this congestion in one compact area it boggled the mind it's not that hard, all oh, you had to say is like, oh yeah, people coming in, step to the left, people coming out, step to the right. It's a very simple system and they just didn't implement it, which just led to some
1: unnecessary squashing. Yeah, I really agree. That's also kind of another kind of example of how it's become less of kind of, uh, I don't really want to say a fan event, but more of a kind of intimate kind of event that felt like it was for the fans, by the fans, to a more kind of official event where you know rules are rules you know they're very strict about things you know barriers prevent people going here there and everywhere when before it used to be a lot more open a lot more free you know people can you know go on the grass if they want to go on the grass and just you know have a picnic or mess around play whatever and now you're kind of enclosed by this wall and it's lost that you know nice feeling really in ways where it's just a good place to chill out even if you're not inside the event hall you know you can go outside and just have a good time but now there's barriers everywhere and it just doesn't have that same kind of <laughs> nice you know atmosphere to it yeah yeah
0: it's just um very restrictive and it just feels like there's less fun in the air it's just like you, it always feels like to a degree there's people that like, you know was it looking over your shoulder like oh yeah you having fun well don't have too much fun uh, it feels like one of those sort. Of, it feels like one of those sort of situations. Do you agree? Like you know, yeah.
1: have too much fun, we're going to get you. And I'm like, oh god! Like you know, just definitely out, outside, like <laughs> near the entrance where the barriers are. That that that, that definitely is pretty much sums it up. <laughs> yeah. Um. But overall, though, still still a good time.
0: Um, screw it. I'll probably be going again in October. Hopefully, if I'm still around the country, but I probably will be just because Expo's is fun. And I'm always curious to see what other kind of uh, stuff is going on. And just some of the cosplayers, good gravy. When they come out to play, ooh, the <laughs> commitment that they have to like some of these uh, stuff that they make is crazy. Especially that one point uh, Chris pointed out some guy that had like cosplayed at the bloody XL Center. I I'm like, what the hell is that? Madness. But it's so creative. I'm like, people are so self-aware of this event now that they have literally just gone to that kind of uh, trouble to go about and craft that kind of stuff. I'm like, mate... Fair play to you. Good stuff. Absolutely. All right. Is there anything else you want to say, or
1: should we wrap this up? Well, I'll I'll, I'll kind of go over a few things uh, that kind of vex me a bit. Oh, of course. Obviously, uh, I think this has always been an issue. Well, not much of an issue, but it's always been a kind of minor grievance for me it is the miscommunication between you know staff members, and uh, obviously this this event, my alcohol was taken away from me. Uh, when uh, we'd finished staying at the hotel on the um the sunday we had our, our luggage with us you know our clothes you know just things we'd brought along you know toothbrush all, all that sort of stuff you bring along to a hotel uh which is was then going to be checked into the cloakroom, so we can pick that up and then leave yep. but uh obviously in my bag i had uh, a half drunk bottle of gin uh, from the night before, I paid for it. I didn't really want to throw it away, so I just put it in my bag. You know, it was in my luggage with my clothes and everything. I obviously was not going to take it into the the hall with me. But when we went into the the exhibition center, the Excel center, there was a a, a surprise bag check, and uh, there was two people with two tables, which seems ludicrous, really, because the amount of people coming in, there's no way they're going to see everybody's bags. It felt more like one of those random security checks at an airport. But obviously me and you we had very obvious bags you know we had our luggage with us so that they definitely pointed us out and uh, you know checked our bag and they were quite thorough actually and I was surprised but um, my alcohol was taken out and uh, the woman was like you can't have this in there so I said uh, this is in my luggage you know it's going into the cloakroom and still she said nope not allowed it I said so okay then can I just leave it you know somewhere here and pick you up at the end of the day and she's like sure so I had to go over to this uh, kind of admin part, just off to the side. It wasn't like out of the way or anything. It was literally just like, you know, a few meters from where the tables were. Uh, handed over my bottle and um, wrote my name and what I had to collect it at the end of the day. Come the end of the day, I go back to collect it and they're like, no, you can't have it. We've thrown it away. And uh, so obviously it's a bit puzzling to me. I was told I could come and collect it at the end of the day. So I kind of pushed to see what what's gone on here And apparently uh, I shouldn't have been told that, even though I was told it by multiple people. One of them who was actually still there when I went to collect it, but surprisingly didn't have much to say. And, you know, it did annoy me, but I think the way they handled it annoyed me more than the fact that something I paid for has just been discarded, you know, randomly. And uh, they were kind of, I, I wouldn't really say rude, they were just very assertive you know the person I was speaking to was just saying something like you're lucky we're even still here I was really kind of perplexed by what she even meant by that I guess she's probably saying that because uh, you know I'm I guess lucky that I can even come and check with them to see if it's even still here in the first place but you know <laughs> I, I, I asked them are you guys gonna still be here at the end of the day is it okay if I leave this here and every time the response was yes So it's just kind of annoying how they made me out to be a bad guy for trying to bring alcohol into the event when they have a bar inside. It's just one of those kind of vexing scenarios which could have been handled a lot more tactfully. And, you know, fair enough, it does happen every now and then. You know, people have different information. When you have an event this big and you have that many staff members, sometimes, you know, things do go wrong. And I would have been okay with that If they just kind of, you know, handled it well and just kind of apologize. Even just the sorry, yeah, you shouldn't have been told that. We've had to throw it away. It would have been nice, but they just did not care. And when uh, I was told you're lucky we're still even here, I was like, forget it. I'm just going to walk off. (laughs) So, yeah, I could just, it's just annoying how they just didn't care. It was just, I think it could have been handled a lot better. But, you know, it happens occasionally. The other complaint I have sort of ties into what you were saying before when um you know there's kind of it feels like there's this atmosphere of like oh you're not supposed to have that much fun uh especially (laughs) outside because when the event ended on sunday they funnel you away from the area pretty much immediately it's like yep follow the barriers go that way go that way around here the whole grassy area outside has been locked off nope you're not allowed to go there anymore Come on, walk away, walk away, sort of thing. It's like you've just had a good three-day kind of sort of break. You know, a lot of people go to this event with friends they don't see very often. And, you know, when the event's over, you want to hang around. You want to, you know, have a bit of fun. You want to continue to do some chatting. You know, you just want to be in the moment a bit longer. But uh, this was the first time, actually, I've seen this, uh, this happen, where they just tried to funnel people away and kind of get people away from the Excel Center as quickly and efficiently as possible, which is a shame because, you know, an event like Comic-Con or the Expo or the London Film or Comic-Con or whatever, it's, it's, it's one of those places you go to to have fun, you know. A lot of the attendees are there to have fun with their friends and just, you know, to be in the moment. And it's just a shame that, you know, they had to kind of push people away, you know, as quickly as possible. They couldn't let people linger a little bit longer. So yeah, that was just a bit disappointing to see. <laughs> They've changed, but yeah, I mean, those are they are grievances, but they are only minor. I mean, every expo there are things that you enjoy and things that you didn't enjoy as much as the next one. But then you go a year later or six months later or whatever, and then you know it's improved again. So it's always changing, um, but it's always a good time, no matter how you know disappointing some aspects might be so yeah hopefully we'll be back in october to do it maybe for the final time in a while since uh, <laughs> life does happen but yeah. that'll be a good time and uh you know well we'll make it a good time anyway so yeah i look forward to it yay that was the london mcm expo may 2018 10 years since we first went <sighs>
0: If we're still doing this in 10 years It'll be fun to do it again Do do another podcast episode Podcasts are still a thing as well Remember when we went to that expo when we were 18 Now I'm 38 (laughs) Is that how
1: how 38 year old people sound? Well I know I will be
0: by that point I would have just
1: been fully converted Well damn Yeah that's the scary thing does it does it actually feel that long ago though when we first went because to me in ways it does it feels like a like a time ago like an age ago yeah that just it seems so long ago in some ways it does in some ways it doesn't because you know since
0: we see each other just about enough that it doesn't feel like much time has passed and we're always reminiscing about like you know college and all this other random crap that we used to do ages ago we used to hang out it doesn't feel that long but at the same time i'm just like good gravy man 10 years ago I was like you know 18 so much little facial hair <laughs> I was. I had so much more spring in my step like and this this whole world to me was just so new I mean I'd only barely started watching like um, anime properly I didn't really read much manga until I went to this event and you know seeing the artists and seeing the events it's just like wow this is so much new to me so much new stuff to me and now since I have like so much extra knowledge, not only of the event, but you know, all the stuff that they have in terms of video games and films and TV shows and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, I have so much more knowledge, but I just feel like, wow, I've taken in so much over the last 10 years. And it's just like, I look back and I'm like, where did the time go? What happened to me?
1: <laughs> oh <laughs> God. It's, it's bizarre but it's great at the same time <laughs> mm, yeah it's good as well though because every year there's been something different so uh although the event itself you know is a very isolated kind of you know individual experience you know it only happens twice a year when you've been going for all these years uh it really does add up into one enormous kind of you know experience you know this year we did this and this year we did that it's just uh some good memories there so hopefully we'll continue to make good memories there i'd also love to mention uh our dearest god at the expo oh yes the epic tall guy so oh, what a guy i'll oh just explain him from for the listeners ever since we first started going to to the event 10 years ago uh we saw this guy there who is extremely tall he's very distinctive he wears all black and uh you know he's just one of those guys that if you saw him uh, and then encountered him again at a later date, you'd, you'd recognize him immediately. And, you know, the first few expos, we kept we kept seeing him. He's like, oh, there's that guy again. And, you know, this, this went on and on and on for years. And we kept seeing this guy there, and he just became so kind of, like, funny for us. Like, oh, my God, there's that <laughs> epic tall guy again. He's back. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he just appears out of nowhere in such a... Mysterious, ghostly yet godly manner, and then there was that one point where we went to the live stage. It was the there for a talk, and he was just there, right in the front row. And oh my gosh, he was just there, just chilling. When they were asking like uh, people if they wanted certain merchandise, he didn't even put his hand up when they said for you to put his hand up. He was just there, just like nodding, uh, a minor hand movement, and that was it. And at one point, he asked a question, and his voice was so deep and cool. I'm like, ah it was crazy I don't know why I got so giddy about it but I'm like this guy is so epic
1: like dab yeah I love that guy he's just become you know like he's as important to us as the expo is like the expo is not complete unless we see our guy and uh I always uh, think he's such a cool dude because he's always well not always but mostly he's by himself he clearly goes to the event by himself I think this time I did see him walking around with somebody else but clearly he had met up with them there but you know he's always by himself he's always doing his own thing but he gets involved in everything we see him here there and everywhere doing this that and everything he gets the most out of this event and uh, you know yeah he's just become this really important guy for us
0: one last thing. I had to talk about those Pokemon, those toys that we saw. Oh, my gosh. Oh, gosh,
1: yeah.
0: Let me just preface this a bit. Um, yeah, yeah.
1: This is, has always been a thing at the, uh, the Excel Center, well, at the Expo specifically. Obviously, at these events, there is numerous stalls, you know, and whenever you have an event, you know, it's centered around comics and anime and manga, they have, you know, lots of different toys and figures and plushies and stuff you can buy, and obviously Pokemon is, is huge again now. And uh, these things we saw though, they, they, to me, they do not look like official merchandise. And <laughs> yeah, I thought, yeah. I always thought this was this was a, a kind of big thing because I remember uh, one of the stalls uh, before. Um, one of the earlier Expos, they were selling uh, unofficial merchandise, and it became a big thing on the Facebook group about how it shouldn't be allowed and stuff. But still, there is these bizarre toys at the Expo, and uh, these Pokemon plushies we saw were just the most funky-looking, weirdest renditions I've ever seen. Oh, gosh.
0: Some, some of these like, you know, sort of off-brand looking things you've seen over the years. It's like, okay I can accept that but these Pokemon ones there was at least I think two different schools Which had them all there and there were a few other stores that had other Pokemon ones that were like, you know Is it really good looking you know closer to the models that you'd expect from the games? But these ones just came in all sorts of shapes and sizes with such strange deformities It's like some had weird faces lack of bodies what some lack, you know, yeah Some like bums <laughs> Some of them looked like their face had got squashed in, had big eyes, had weird colours. The textures of, like, I guess the bodies, the way in which you'd expect them to be done was just kind of off. And oh man, the best one was this uh, this chikorita that we found. Good gravy, its face was so
1: funny! It just, imagine, you know, chikorita, but a kind of more square sort of face. Uh, it's just more square, wasn't it? it's, it's like it wasn't a square, but it's just a, it's so strange. Yeah, it was just
0: um and Chikorita still has a bit of a neck on it. Just imagine if you squashed the neck down and sort of I guess spread the face out a little bit. And it had a yeah, like Chris said it had a weird square look to it. It was it was so weird. It was so funny. Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm looking at it now. Man. I took a picture of it.
1: Yeah, it looks like Chikorita, but you know Chikorita is quite lean. You know, it's quite a tall little leaf pokemon. Imagine you just put your hand on its head and squished it down. <laughs> That's what it looked like. And the other one I remember is the Bulbasaur. Oh which obviously no. Obviously Bulbasaur, is, it's kind of like a frog, I guess, with like a seed on its back. But this Bulbasaur, it didn't really have like a rear end. It just kind of like ramped away. It just kind of like, just went into nothing. It was, it's it was like, the strangest thing. Yeah, it's like his body sort of got like, it like it's
0: like it lost the volume on its body and his butt, and then just transferred it into his fat head. I'm
1: like, what happened to you, man? Like the poor lad. Oh, gosh. They were so funny. They 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 cannot be official toys. But we just spent, like, was it five or ten minutes there laughing at these things. God, they, was they the were best. so funny.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. If you get around to Expo and they're there, you should check them out. You can have so much fun with that kind of stuff. I mean, sure, the the uh, the people that own the store will probably ask you if you're actually going to buy something at a certain point. But, oh, you could just... So much fun. Things I mean, if it wasn't that for the were, fact that they were like... Yeah, Yeah, go on, you were gonna say fifteen pounds, isn't it? Yeah, they were
1: fifteen pounds. (laughs) I mean, come on. If they were a heck of a lot cheaper. Yeah.
0: Yeah, if they were cheaper, I might have bought like maybe one or two just to mess around with them because they that would provide endless hours of entertainment, especially if you could, I don't know, film it for a little while, maybe make a stop motion thing or just you know, even just have your hands in there and film a like some sort of stupid thing for YouTube you could get some good shit out of that
1: oh god yeah. so if, if they were about five pounds i probably would have bought one just to look at it occasionally and just be amused yeah and they were just <laughs> the funniest things definitely lift the spirits <laughs> <laughs> all right so yeah that's that's our weekend it was a good time and uh yeah yeah i guess we'll wrap up there yes so that's that's all we have to share for this episode it's mostly just kind of like a central kind of focused in on episode on the uh, the mcm expo we'll be back to the usual you know film stuff and uh hopefully have a, a decent topic for next time which will be in a few weeks so until then thank you very much for listening to this and uh you'll hear our voices again soon that's goodbye from me and this is goodbye
0: from me <laughs> Oh man Check out Impressive Motion On
1: YouTube and SoundCloud Please Peace <laughs> S- out <laughs> S- sound <count. laughs> SoundCloud SoundCloud They know what I'm going about Yeah YouTube, SoundCloud uh, iTunes uh, Twitter we're, we're kind of all over the place But um, Check it out Yeah We'll see you around Goodbye Peace